Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. You can all be seated. We're going to practice a moment of silence and solitude as we do in every service to center ourselves in the presence of God, to move away from our distractions, our anxieties, our hangups. And I'll invite the presence of God collectively, not through a minister, not through anyone, but together as the priesthood of all believers. So in a moment, let's exhale. All the automatic thoughts, all the ruminating thoughts that harass and invade our minds and our hearts to keep us from everything that God has for us. And inhale the presence of God, His peace. August 28th, Sarah Young, Jesus Calling. Grow strong in the light of my presence. As my face shines upon you, you will receive nutrients that enhance your growth in grace. I designed you to commune with me face to face. And this interaction strengthens your soul. Such communion provides a tiny glimpse of what waits you in heaven, where all the barriers between you and my glory will be removed. This meditative time with me blesses you. You experience my presence here and now, and you are refreshed by the hope of heaven, where you will know me in ecstatic joy. All God's people pray. Amen. So let's put this picture up. So once in the Caribbean, I told my family, although this, these are pictures from Maine, they're not the Caribbean. I held out my new iPhone and told my family, especially my wife, and said, guys, check this out. The iPhone is waterproof. <laughs> And my wife, with a grin, or maybe it was a frown, (laughs) said, are you sure? And I said confidently, absolutely. (laughs) I just saw on on the gram, my friend Matt, in in his pool, at least seven feet deep underwater, filming his kids with the iPhone and saying, guys, and he, he quote, I quote him, he said, guys, look, the iPhone underwater, capturing my kids. Beautiful. So I dug deep into the ocean with my phone and started recording. And my wife, after I came out, said, I'm not sure about this. I don't think this is a good idea. So what's the moral of the story? Always listen to your wife. That's what actually the guy at Puerto Rico told me, always listen to your wife, sir. (laughs) 
Sometimes we have assumptions, operating assumptions, that we take as facts that are not challenged like facts, but they're assumptions that we take as facts. And according to our mind, they are 100% true. When in reality, tell someone next to you, in reality, they're 100% conjecture and 100% anecdotal. This is a funny picture of how we live our lives based on certain assumptions that we have. And then when we take inventory <clears throat> of some of the confining problems, chronic problems that continue to return in our lives, when you, if you want to zero in on why those problems continue to chronically, almost like continually come back. That's because this line, this framework, this line of thinking has not been challenged. Today, I want to talk about why we have a propensity to live through these assumptions without even being aware. Psychologists David Brenner said that the problem isn't that we tell lies. The problem is we live them. I'm not talking about the white lies we tell. When someone asks me, how tall are you? I always have a proclivity to say 5'9 and <laughs> a half. Why can't you just say 5'9? And a half. I want to. I want to be just a, a bit taller, so I can be a baller. I think I was a rap a long time ago. But um, or when people go, oh, how much? Well, how much weight did you lose? It was seven point seven pounds. Like ten pounds. <laughs> the, the like similar. You know, it's it's in it's in the ballpark. The estimation of that. Or in your resume, when someone puts manager of janitorial duties, really just means you clean the toilet. We're not talking about the fibs and the white lies we tell. And, the, and after we tell them, we might even feel guilty. Or it might be a bit burdened by it. I, I didn't totally tell the truth. The problem is not the white lies. The problem are the lies we live. So let me give you the pun. At the heart of the problem, the real problem lies that we actually live them. And we end up living them silently. We don't feel any guilt and we're not even aware. But beneath the surface, beneath the substrate of these lies, they're operating in a dominant level, causing havoc unseen. And you might not be able to tell, but everyone around you are feeling the effects of those lies. 
And today, that's what I want to explore, how these episodic problems, confining problems that we tend to have in our lives, why they don't go away, why they're chronic. It's because we don't catch the lies we live. And that's a prophetic picture of John chapter 5, the invalid. Not the invalid, the invalid, that's how you say it. Okay, the invalid. For 38 years, he lived a lie. So much, in fact, Jesus asked him a, without euphemizing it, the question, do you want to get well? Because at least he was trying, he told himself. That's why he was at Bethsaida. That's why he wanted to get into the pool where there was rumors of miraculous healing. At least I'm trying. Tell someone next to you, at least I'm trying, quote unquote. At least I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm trying. For 38 years you're trying? Every day you're trying? Let us, well, that's the lie we live. And the lie sometimes we tell ourselves to what? To assage to console, to cope with the brutal truth that we already really given up hope. It's the silent resignation. If we're not careful in our spiritual lives, we begin to slowly drift from the power of God and the destination that has called us to, and we slowly Say we believe, but slowly we drift and drift and drift, like drift coffee. And before you know it, silently, without any commotion, you're at the end of your life. And you're still at the same place, without ever thinking, what am I still doing here? What am I doing? That's the life of the man, the invalid, at the pool of Bethesda. This story is a prophetic picture of the American church where a slow drift in a silent death is taking a lot of folks. And you might not even realize it. And that's the question I want to ask. Why? Do we end up living lies, tragically? Let's look at the text. So, when we come to the text, it says very clearly that this man heard about a legend at the Pool of Besada. Five colonnades covering it. What a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't realize about John 5 is that you assume because John is writing it, you believe that this is a legend in Judaism when in fact this pool was a pagan rival god of Christianity, the biggest rival. There was a healing spa. How many people like going to the spa? Yeah, 
You like on the spa? Yes. Come on, indulgent a little bit. It's okay. I like the spa. And where there, there were minerals and, and they would make you eat, you know, vegetable juice and all kinds of stuff that, you know, kind of cleanse out the system. But in fact, if you historically go to the record, there really isn't real healing. There isn't miracles. People just got better. Some of the people who say they got healed, you know, but there's not really records of miracles. It was a pagan rival, a healing deity, where people went into these spas. And this was just a rumor. So first, what do you see? The operating principle this man lived by was in fact not based on reality or facts. It was based on a rumor, completely conjecture. So why did he go to the pool? Well, he wanted to be made whole. But for 38 years is the confounding sort of tension of the text. Why do we tragically end up living lies? First lesson we learn in this passage. Read it with me. Because what? Tell someone next to you, they make us what? They make us feel better. Lies make you feel better. Does this look good on me? Yes. Okay. Lies make us feel better about our present reality. Truth sometimes is harsh and painful. We don't want to embrace it. Denial is not just the river in Egypt. It's in the heart. It's a dad joke. Thank you. You're welcome. My wife was getting recently setting up her checkup. We're moving into the second part of our lives. She's turning 43. Me, I'm turning 38. <laughs> see, see how, you see the proclivity to lie. Living those lies. Uh, people don't even know how old I am because I lied about it so much. 40, 42 turning 43. You know, you know, Sam, you know, she was concerned, like, what if, you know, I do a colonoscopy and, and they find something? And I said, don't worry. You're going to be fine. My wife looked at me again. You see how our conversation put it, it's usually like this, where she frowns at me. You're going to be fine. And again, eyebrows go up. Yep, usually this hand goes up. And she frowns. She goes, you don't know that. And I said, stop worrying. I know in faith you'll be fine. And she goes, stop it. You don't know that. Yes, I do. I am lying to you because it makes me feel better to believe that you'll be fine. Do I know that to be the case? No. And then she said both our parents died of cancer. And then I got quiet. Why are you ruining a perfectly good lie? We lie to ourselves 
and we live those lies because they make us feel better. Things we dare not say about the condition of our own depression, loneliness, brokenness, because if we verbalize them to ourselves, because if we set them out loud, if we admitted it, it would be true. The question I have for us in this text and what the gospel and Jesus invites us to in this text is the question that's difficult, but it's true, and an inconvenient truth. The question is, do you want to really change, or do you just want relief? Do you just want to feel better, or do you really want God's power to change your life? Because the truth is, most of the times, we want relief. Yes, I have this problem, but I'm dealing with it. And we'll tell ourselves and others, hey, at least I'm at church. Just like the man was at the pool, Bethsaida. Hey, at least I'm being proactive, right? Seven habits of highly effective people. Be proactive! I'm being proactive. I'm at church. I'm reading my Bible three times a year, the Bible app. I just check it off on the app. Ha, you thought I read it. Good one. I mean, you can check these boxes spiritually, but do you really want to change? Do you really want the power of God to invade? Or is it something you tell others and yourself when you really just want relief? The man was saying, look, I'm trying. He was living a lie. And before you knew it, 38 years passed where nothing changed. Everything was the same. And his life was gone. That's the first point. We lie, we live lies because they make us feel better. But let's go to the second part of the passage. Jesus, at this point, saw him lying there with his condition. First of all, why Jesus could recognize him, I know we like to idealize and romanticize the text a lot of times, is because he saw a Jew in a rival pagan, worshiping a rival pagan deity. It wasn't like the Holy Spirit said, Jesus, go to that guy. First, in a superficial level, Jesus is like, what is this Jew doing here? Jesus goes there and asks a question. Ask someone next to you, do you want to get well? <laughs> do you want to get well? And the man is indignant. He's livid. <gasps> How many people get livid and you fake it sometimes? I can't believe you would ask that. Don't you see me here? 
I'm here at the church. I am serving at the church. I am carrying this heavy thing at the church. I am making coffee at the church. I am tithing to the church. How could I not want to change? Do I want to get well? Why the heck would I be here if I didn't want to get well? I just don't have someone to help me to get into the pool. First of all, that was already an assumption that wasn't true. There was no miraculous power. He lived a lie and he told himself the lie to make himself feel better, to console the reality. So much fact, Jesus says, do you want to get well? Because how many people here know if you want to do something, what do you have to do? If you really want to do something, what do you have to do? You have to do it. Not think about it. You have to do it. If you really want to change, Jesus gives a genius way to change this man's life. Jesus says, get up. <laughs> Tell someone if you, get up. If you're lying down, Jesus says, and you want to get well, first you need to get up. And the man's like, but then I would have to get up. <laughs> like if I, you know, sometimes the, you know, you want to watch TV and, and you're in the sofa and the, tea, and the remote is over there. The problem is you want to watch TV, but then you have to get up and get the remote. <laughs> right? The, the barrier of inertia. I mean, it's just to get, Jesus says, if you want to get well, you need to get up. You need to pick up your mat and get up. You got to do the work. You got to want to do the work. You have to do the work. You'll do the work. One time when we began our, our, our community here in Manhattan, a couple came to our church and sought after marriage counseling. So I said, so what's up? At Shake Shack, we talked about their marital issues. So I said, what's the problem? And the wife said, he doesn't really want to follow after God's heart. He lost his passion. He doesn't really want to go to church anymore. He doesn't really want to do anything. I said, is this true, husband? And the wife says, wouldn't want to let him answer. Yes, it's true. I'm telling you it's true. I said, I'm asking the husband. The wife, stop interrupting. The husband's like, thank you. He says, well, you know, I have a really stressful job. I'm going out five in the morning, coming back. You know, it's just really hard. I'm burnt out. I just want to relax. You know, I mean, do I want, I'm here, aren't I? I'm trying to put God first. I'm, I really am. He looked at me almost with tears, with like self-pity, like, come on. Do you see my wife? She bothers me. I said, that's true. That's true. I can see that. I can see how this dynamic plays out in your life. And then after we talk, everything goes well. The talk seems to go positively. We pray, you know, there's, you know, the Holy Spirit comes, all that, all that chilly feelings you get, you know, all the feelings. Then I said, well, are you going to come to church from now on? He goes, well, I will try. I'm going to really try. And I realized he didn't get it. And then I asked him a question. I said, are you going to try to go to work tomorrow? And he said, no, 
I am going to go to court. I said, well, why are you going to go to court tomorrow? Because I'll get fired if I don't? Precisely. If you really want to do something, you'll do it. If you really don't want to do something, you'll make excuses and say, why? I'm going to try. I don't want to make any promises. The problem is, and the greatest danger is, thinking that you're trying when you're really not. It's a silent resignation. That's why Jesus asked, do you really want to get well? Do you want to get well? And you get livid about, do you want to get, why am I here? What am I doing? Why am I serving? I'm doing all this. When there's a distance, a dissonance to the truth. And here is the real danger. People choose to slow drift away from God's heart and the gospel and the power of God because they think there aren't any real consequences. Because you can't see them. Not like your job, you'll be fired from the hospital or from Wall Street or from the tech job. You'll be fired if you don't show up. Some people think there's nothing, no consequences if you don't press in spiritually. You could just coast, drift, slow drift. And that's the danger of the American church. We can coast and get away with it. So why do we end up tragically living lies? Last lesson we learn, read it with me, is what? When a what? A slow drip of lies are what? Are fed. That's right. Intravenously, very slow drip. They inoculate us from the truth. That's what's happening in the American church. Everyone is being drugged with lies. Smile when you do it. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm here, aren't I? I'm tuning in. But the real truth is, I want relief. Because I don't really want to do the work. Because if you did, you would get up and walk. And the power of God and the gospel gives us that rude awakening at that moment. I remember still that vacation where my phone died and the ocean brutalized my iPhone. It apparently was water resistant, not waterproof, it wasn't dummy proof either. But I do remember a moment when I filmed my kids playing in the water and brought it out and showed my wife that my assumptions were still true. This was waterproof. Apparently not waterproof in, in seawater. Salt, where salt exists. Did I feel assaulted? Yes. Sorry, dad jokes again. Gotta get, it, get these out. But, when you live this lie, and you live the lie, it can feel true. Like you're coasting, this is okay. 
because it seems to be working. I'm getting my promotion, I'm moving up, I'm, everything seems to be playing out, but the slow drift is still taking place until inevitably the phone dies. And I told my wife, it's not the water. She goes, I think it's the water in the car. It's not the water, I think it's overheating. And we'll come up with all different kinds of reasons why. Because the truth is hard to accept, hard to swallow. Today, that's why we're here. That's why Jesus comes to us and asks the question that only you can answer. Do you want to get well? Live it. from this very moment. Amen? Stand and pray together. Father, we pray today, will you lift your hands with me to the Lord and um, give, let's give God all of the lives we're living that we're not even aware of today. The slow drift. And pray that there will be a awakening of change that takes place in our lives so that we don't miss our destiny where we lie immobile living lives because they're convenient and they feel consoling and they assuage the harshness of the truth. Father, I pray today that we would be more concerned about the lies we live than the lies we tell. We would have greater urgency in the silent death that may be incurring in our own soul without any awareness, robbing us of the life, the calling, and the power of the gospel, robbing us of our destiny. Don't allow the devil to boil you in lukewarm water. That's a Korean parable. If the water is hot, the frog will jump out. If the water is too cold, the frog will jump out. I do that too. But if the water is lukewarm, the frog will die in a jacuzzi-like pot. I pray today that that wouldn't be us. Jesus is asking to all of us, do you want to get well? Whatever problem might be confounding us, whatever problem 
might be episodic that's coming in our lives, whatever chronic condition keeps resurfacing. The real question is not why does this keep happening? The real question is, do you really want to get well? Do you really want my power? Or do you just want relief? Let's make this our prayer. My heart calls out to you To the sky and through the clouds To find you
Father, we come before you this afternoon. We thank you for the grace to examine the lies we may be living. Because the real problem lies not in the lies we tell, but the lies we're living. We pray for consciousness and awareness around this slow drift away from your power and how we assuage ourselves by seeking relief for change that requires real responsibility and real work and to embrace inconvenient truths that we might not find acceptable, even about ourselves and the world around us. And we pray, God, that you would reframe our lives by this grace, finding ourselves in this story. And we pray, God, not one second would be wasted in living lies. And Jesus says, all of us today, if you really want to get well, get up, pick up your mat, and get to work. Was the miracle the healing? Or was the miracle really the change of heart that after 40 years of being lying immobile literally that he chose to get up maybe a double miracle Father so I pray for the greater miracle today than just physical healing I pray for the miracle of changing that willful blindness and that stubbornness <clears throat> if you're uh, really stubborn you need to play Double heart, extra heart, and say, God, please get through my thick skull. Please, please, please. You know me. I need like a double portion 
<laughs> of the discipline and rebuke of truth because you know, you know me. So we could begin to live in the truth and get back, not perfection, but get right back on track in the right direction that God is leading our lives. Because it's not about perfection. It's just about this second, choosing to obey and choosing to submit under the reign and leadership of the Spirit. Will you bow your heads for the benediction today? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you at the retreat. Hi, everyone. Happy Sunday. So glad to see you all here. My name is Haley, and I'm a member here at 180 Church, and I will be sharing some community news with you. First off, let's talk about tithes and offering. If you're a member here at 180 Church, we ask that you continue to keep God at the center of your finances and to tithe faithfully, which you can do using Venmo, Zelle, Chase QuickPay, or PayPal. If you're a visitor here with us today, we welcome you to our service, and there's no financial obligation to give. But if you'd like to make a donation, you can do so with the methods above. Next, we have Bible Reading Group. We have an Instagram handle and a Tumblr page at 180BRG, where you can join us at any time to read the Bible. Feel free to follow along and feed your soul with the Word of God. Next, there are devotionals on sale at the 180 Cafe. They're great to help you get in the habit of praying and connecting with God every day. Sometimes I find it hard to find, form the words to pray, but these devotionals have been so helpful and inspirational. They're available at the 180 Cafe and it's an honor system. So you can purchase them via Venmo or QuickPay. Speaking of prayers, we have our prayer hotline. We invite you to use this resource to ask for prayer for anything or anyone in your life, and it's completely confidential. You can text 5397PRAYER or email prayer at 180church.tv and know that there will be a team praying for you on the other end. Prayers are so powerful, and I can't tell you how many times my prayers were heard and answered. So I want to encourage you to get out there and pray and ask for prayer for where two or three are gathered in his name god is with them yes so let's talk about social media there these are the ways you can stay connected with us throughout the week we have several media outlets from facebook to instagram to dr sammy's twitter page and even our youtube page we are very active on social media and there are multiple ways to share the message with your friends and family and also stay connected in the community Let's not forget about our YouTube live stream. We know that things pop up and it's not always possible to physically attend Sunday service, but not to worry because Sunday service is being live streamed weekly on YouTube, so you never have to miss another service. So say hello to the YouTube viewers. Hello. And it's also a great way to share the gospel with friends and family. Next up is small groups. Small groups are a great way to process what you heard on Sundays with brothers and sisters along the journey of faith. 
We know that no one is meant to do faith alone, and small groups have been an amazing way to know that we are in this together. It's also a great way to um, get to know each other, grow deeper in, with, in relationship with each other, and reflect and apply sermons to our daily lives. And honestly, it's so much fun. I look forward to it every week to meet with the group and you know, we just have fun doing life together. So that's great. Um, adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. College Fellowship meets on Mondays at 7.30. And if you need any additional info, please speak to any of the greeters in 180 shirts or hoodies. Now, this is the exciting one. Are you, are you guys ready? Okay, I, I wanna introduce 180 merch, okay? I know, you've been all waiting for this. It's not exclusive anymore. You can purchase your 180 merch at the 180 Cafe. There's a variety of tops in different fabulous colors, all donning the stylish 180 um, emblem and other cool designs. Like some of them have like cool designs on the back. Not mine, but others. Um, so you can get one of those. Uh, after service, you can head straight to the 180 Cafe to purchase your new 180 shirt, hoodie, or sweatshirt and they can be purchased with the same honor system as the devotionals. If you have any questions, you can speak to our merch designer, Andy, wherever he is. Oh, he's in the back, there he is. Um, and he can help you. And I can't wait to twin with all of you once you purchase your merch. Okay, next we have Day in the Sun. Our next Day in the Sun will be on May 15th at 12.30 p.m. We will be meeting at the East Pintum in Central Park. So, be on the lookout for an email to RSVP. Let's pray for beautiful May weather and an awesome time of fellowship. Also, let's start thinking about the people in our lives who we can invite and share the good news with. Uh, now, for those of you with the heart to serve or feel like you're being led to serve, we have children's ministry. We need volunteers to serve, love, and teach our church's youngest members. They are really doing meaningful and soul-filling work there. My children are learning that they are God's treasures, like I told you last time. And also my daughter always gets super excited for Sunday school. She says, oh, she loves Sunday school. So they're having a good time there. Um, they are building relationships and growing up in this community feeling loved and known. And that's really special. So if you want to be friends with our community's littlest members and be loved by me and other parents, go see Michelle Kim or Pastor Lydia for more details. Next, we have cafe volunteers. Coffee brings me so much joy, and I know it brings you guys joy too. So you can share some joy by serving up a cup of coffee before service. No barista skills are required. So if you want to serve or impress people with your latte art, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. And lastly, we have greeting volunteers. Who doesn't love a friendly face when they walk in? I know everybody does. And if you want to be that friendly face that brings smiles and makes people feel welcomed, this is for you. If you're interested, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. Now, those are all of our announcements we have today.